You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 26. This week's artist, Puddle of Mud. Relax. I know it's a bit blurry. You've already gone to a better place. Think. Just tell me about when you played hooky with that famous psycho. You said he was pitching a fit and seemed stoned when he decided to spin you around while babbling about a spaceship on Cloud 9? I'm sure you can keep it together. Get in control. You're not a freak of the world. Time to put down the moonshine and get off this merry-go-round. We don't have to look back now. We're going to have the time of our lives with your hosts, Rob Heitman, and special guest host and Puddle of Mud fan, Ralph McKinley. <laughs> Welcome to the Dirty Dozen podcast. Will we rank the Dirty Dozen or top 12 Puddle of Mud songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few brews? I'm Rob. And I'm Ralph. Hey, let's welcome Ralph. Those of you who don't remember Ralph, Ralph was a special guest call-in on the Metallica podcast. That's correct. Yeah, and he's a good friend of mine, been friends for a while, active music fan. He goes to a lot of shows. We've gone to shows together, and he's a huge Puddle of Mud fan, so I thought this was right up his alley. I'd like to thank everyone who's been active on our Facebook page. Although I can't send a shout-out to everyone, I'd like to take a quick second to send a special shout-out to Michael Smith, Alex Hennon, Sean Martin, and Tina Wells for being active on our Facebook page. Thank you to them, and thank you to everybody who's helping build the community on Facebook. Thank you so much. Now, Ralph... Yes, Rob. <laughs> Tell me how the music of West Scantlin and Puddle of Mud impacted the world of Ralph McKinley. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me here. Oh, uh, yeah, tonight. man. It's great. Yeah. Puddle of Mud, part of the post-grunge movement. I was really into the early 90s grunge bands, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. And then in the early 2000s, the new movement started coming out post-grunge, Linkin Park, couple other great bands and puddle of mud being one of them and i I probably heard blurry on the radio Mm because it was a huge hit obviously so i'm thinking i haven't heard that one what's that how's um, that go you know what (laughs) everything's so blurry yeah yeah okay Oh, you can sing the whole song. You don't don't, don't be shy. That's all I know. (laughs) but yeah so just uh hearing puddle of mud on the radio enjoying that song and then picking up their album Come Clean pretty soon after it came out and, okay. and just really enjoyed the entire album. I felt like nine or ten solid songs on there, which is hard to do nowadays. You know, most albums, five or six good songs, and that's a good CD, but I feel like Come Clean has quite a few good songs. So I feel like that's how Puddle of the Mud came into the the world of Ralph McKinley. Yeah, it's one of the best uh, Nirvana albums of the 90s. <laughs> uh, the there is really. that tune there, yes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, so actually, before we even get there, tell the world the saga of Ralph McKinley in as quick as you can. Like, take, take a minute. Yeah. And say, well, Ralph has this thing that every time he tries to go to a Puddle and Mud concert, oh boy. something goes wrong. So let's just talk about the last three times, quickly, without going long, about how you've tried to go to see Puddle of Mud and what happened. So I am 0 for 3 trying to go see Puddle of Mud. First time I tried to go see them was probably in 2002, and I had a, a one-year-old daughter, and my wife and myself decided to go into Hollywood, probably for the first time since Rachel was born. Mm-hmm. And we were going to see Puddle of Mud, and I think Puddle of Mud was going to be on the stage in 15, 20 minutes. And all of a sudden we get a call from the babysitter. Babysitter says, 
Rachel is crying and she won't stop. So Puddle Mud's probably 10 minutes away from being on stage now, and I end up leaving down in Hollywood. And this is before Uber. This is before Uber, yes. <laughs> because you know, I'm like, you know, you know, you know my wife, you, you, can, you can get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we ended up jumping back in the car and coming back, and sure enough, she had earaches and all that. Uh, the second time was about a year ago, and Rob and I were, were ready to go see Puddle in the Mud. And unfortunately, my mom passed away, and her funeral was on the same day as the Puddle in the Mud show, and I was in Arizona, so Rob was lucky enough to go see them. Mm-hmm. And then the third time, which is what, maybe six weeks ago or something yeah, like that, something we like tried that. to we tried to go see him again at the Canyon Club, and I'm like parking outside the Canyon Club, and I'm walking up, and Rob's walking up, and I'm like, I'm actually going to see these guys. Then we we hand our tickets to the young lady at the front door, and she goes, um, "We have a little problem. Uh, Puddle of Mud's not going to be here tonight. Wes is not feeling well." And I just went, what is going on with me and Puddle of Mud? Why can't I see this band? And the funny thing is Rob kept turning to me and said, Ralph, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, Rob, what, why are you apologizing? Like, did you have something to do with this? <laughs> it's a song. I mean, it's one of your favorite bands. Yeah. And it's a band you've always wanted to see. And every time you try to go to see, something goes wrong. And it's kind of been... Not funny, obviously. There's been it some serious, serious it, things that happen. But it's actually hilarious. But it's the the fact that whatever happens, something's going to come in the way of doing it. Step back. I was really never a Puddle of Mud fan. I've heard some of the songs. Yeah. You know, you couldn't, you know, She Hates Me and all that stuff. You, you had to hear. But I wasn't a huge fan. And then you're like, oh, can we go see Puddle of Mud? You want to go see Puddle of Mud? I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go. And then I started listening to the music and trying to get ready for the concert. And then I saw them in concert, and they were awesome. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> I went there, and place was packed. Everybody was singing along. Everybody was having a good time. This is over the last year, and he was sober, and, and Wes has put on this great show, and it's really fantastic. Well, that's a shocker right there, because you and never know what you're going to get when you go see Wes on stage. For over the last year and a half, he's been supposedly really good. True. And when I saw him, he was great. And everybody there had a great time. So I was excited to go back and see him again. But that happened. And we saw some, what was it? The Tennessee Werewolves? The Tennessee Werewolves. There was the opening act. And yeah. uh, they uh, they played, although Puddle of Mud did not. Anyway, that's uh, where I come from with Puddle of Mud. But I've been a fan ever since I saw them live. So that's about a little over a year. I've been a pretty decent fan of theirs. Well, beer, we've had some great times. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased with a fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17. Thank you, Homer, for the uh, intro to our beer segment. Nice. <laughs> Since the boys from Puddle Mud, or at least Wes, in reality, is from Kansas City, Missouri, I tried to find a Kansas City, Missouri beer. I couldn't, but I figured Missouri, and since Ralph does not like foo-foo beers, he's pretty much straight American, American beers. American or Mexican? So we decided to go with uh, Budweiser Copper. 
I figure if Charlize Theron can drink it, so should we. <laughs> if you haven't seen the commercial, she drinks it. So let's open up a bottle and have a taste. What they do with this is they put it in Jim Beam whiskey casks. Interesting. Okay. And they let it sit in there and uh, it gives it some extra flavor. It's uh, Budweiser trying to be a little bit uh, crafty with their main brand, which is Budweiser. So let's take a look. It's still a kind of a golden Budweiser-y. It's a little meatier, though, than the normal Budweiser. But you can still see through it. It's not nothing crazy. But Bottoms let's have, up. Let's have a taste. Cheers. Tastes like Budweiser. Yeah. Which like, has been forever since I've had Budweiser. Tastes good. I mean, there's even some like hints of uh, almost vanilla in it. I don't know if you can get that. It's probably the whiskey. It's probably the, the cask that, that I'm getting. They cut out the the aftertaste because Budweiser's got a long aftertaste that's not very good, and this 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 doesn't have it. This is good. Yeah, this, no this, no aftertaste on this for so Budweiser. Much better than Budweiser. If you have to drink Budweiser, this is pretty pretty good so far. It's the copper lager, as I said. They do a Jim Beam cask. It's a little bit less clear than the other one, but you can still see through it. It'll stay down. Yeah, and it's still if you like if you're not one of these people who like craft beer, I think this is the first jump to that segment. Like if you want to maybe try something a little craftier but still tastes sort of like Budweiser and the stuff you're used to drinking, this is where you want to go. So if you're a craft guy, I don't know if you'd really want to go with the Budweiser no matter what they put on it. But even me, I I like the IPAs, all of the funky stuff, but this is still good. Like right. if I have to drink Budweiser, I think this is what I'll grab. Uh, it's good. I'm just glad there's no cottage cheese in the room. Hmm. That drink that you and Jake did with the cottage cheese was disgusting. Well, thank you. But fun. <laughs> That's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs we share under 15 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight. And then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search official Dirty Dozen, on either service to listen to our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to Puddle of Mud. We have also created a current episode playlist, which will automatically update to the current podcast when we put one out, so you can subscribe once and always be updated. So let's get into this. So Ralph, what's your Puddle of Mud song of note? Song of note, Rob, is from the rediscovered album that puddle of mud did with sure. uh all their covers obviously and they actually covered one of my favorite songs of all time i i probably heard this song when i was nine or ten years old rocket man <laughs> you beat you beat me to it rob seriously from absolutely from oh, okay. the honky chateau wow i was i was i was ripping on in you in 1972 you? rocket man Wow! Just, yeah, that was a complete shot in the dark. I'm, I apologize. Yeah, so no, no problem, no problem. Don't don't let it happen again. But uh, one of my first albums that I ever bought was Elton John. Okay, uh, not Honky Chateau, but Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Mm -hmm. But I was really into Elton John really early in my life and enjoyed uh, Rocket Man a lot. Still love the song. And then just looking at uh, the rediscovered album. And saying, you know, which which one of these covers do I want to pick for my song number thirteen? And it was a, a pretty easy pick for me. And, it, and, it, and he does a very good job on redoing uh, Rocket Man. So just just enjoyed this song for for a long, long time. 
Yeah, um, I shouldn't be surprised that uh, so many men are into uh, Elton John. <laughs> I didn't use that term, did I? No, no. Oh, okay. That's okay. Uh, because a lot of men over the years have been I think into, I said into, I enjoyed uh, listening to him. Uh, are, are into Elton. Uh, <laughs> sometimes more than once even. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I find that their rediscovered album generally, if you listen to it, yeah is pretty much straight ahead covers but he does such a good job with all of it he doesn't really mix it up too much he doesn't really take the song and make, make it, it his, his own. own he's just yeah. full-blown you know whether he's doing tnt or whether yeah, he's doing gimme shelter rock songs or whatever he's playing he does it straight ahead and he it's amazing to me at what a good job he does of that yeah so let's listen to rocket man off of rediscovered ralph song note <laughs> All right, that was Rocket Man, Ralph's Song of Note. <laughs> now, I usually go with the cover, but I decided not to. It's a song that I think we just needed to talk about. It wasn't going to make my top 12, and it's off of Welcome to Galvania, the new album, and it's their single off of it. Uh-oh. The more I heard it, the more I liked it. It, it was never going to brush into my 12, but it seems sort of autobiographical. What The things that I learned from digging deep in a puddle of mud is that when I went in, that some of the stuff was shallow, the lyrics. Uh-oh, I didn't feel it was shallow. I felt that it was autobiographical, a okay. little bit from the craziness yeah. that he went through. And like, first time I didn't like it, the second time I liked it a little bit, I, I found nuance in it. But probably the fifth time I liked it, I liked the song now. And I, I still like the song, I will say that. Yeah, it's, I was uh, really worried when this song came out as the first single. Sure for the, the first album that Puddle of Mud has put out in 10 years, and I'm listening to Uh-Oh, I was thinking, Uh-Oh, this album is going to suck. So what do you think of the album generally? You know, I feel like it's uh You don't have to rank it. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's pretty, okay. it, yeah, it's a pretty good album. I, I feel like the last two or three albums from Puddle of Mud have a couple of good songs. This this definitely has a couple of good songs on it. Mm-hmm. A couple of really good songs, actually, and then maybe three or four pretty good songs and some, some weaker songs. But I think it fits into his catalog. Yeah. This I like. He hits the guitar hits with the full stops in the beginning, almost like a Green Day-ish. Yeah. I like that. Chorus is better every time you hear it. Uh, I like the descending chords in the bridge, which is a little cleaner, but it really feels good. The solo is pretty straight ahead and fun, and even Wes's little rap is okay. He has a rap in it, huh? Yeah, he does. I feel like I've tried to listen to this song three or four times, and I've probably never got more than three minutes into it, and I shut it off because I'm so disgusted. And it's <laughs> uh, your number 13. No, it's not my number 13. It's my song of note. Oh. It's a song I wanted to talk about. Gotcha. Okay? But it was one of those songs that I thought that everybody needed to listen to because it's it's their first single in how many years, right? And I kind of like it, but it's off of uh, Welcome to Galvania. And let's just listen to a second of, uh-oh, my song of note. Anyway, that's uh, uh-oh. 
I was I wanted to make sure I got to that one clean port when he went to the bridge that you heard. And plus, it was kind of fun making you listen to a little bit more than that. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh is right. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my song of note. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go into the Dirty Dozen. You're going to go with your number 12. Then I'm going to do 12 and 11 and so on and so on. And she tells two friends and she tells two friends and so on. I don't even know if anybody gets that reference. It's some shampoo commercial. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Ralph, what is your number 12? Care to guess again, Rob? No, no idea. It could be a billion things. This song's from the Life on Display album, which is their second album. Came out in 2003. This song is um, one of his mellower songs. Uh, It's called Spin You Around. Okay. Really? So so what is it you liked about it? Yeah, it's got a nice acoustic feel to it. Song builds up starting with an acoustic guitar, then moves into a nice uh, medium-paced rock and roll song. The lyrics on this are a little different than the typical Puddlehead song. This is actually a love song. I, I find that most of uh, Wes's lyrics are typically uh, drug-induced or um, something going wrong with one of his relationships. This this seems to be about as close to a love song as Wes has uh, on in his catalog. Just really enjoy this song. Yeah, it's a good tune. One of the things that really brought it down for me was the lyrics. I, I get annoyed with the repeating of the words in one verse yeah. too, too much. Music's actually kind of good. I like the melody. The intro's good. I like the stops once again. I always love that. Almost a sign of musicianship when they can do the stops yeah. and make it work. The verse is okay, but I kind of always wish that the music would live up underneath what happens generally with puddle of mud is they'll have a decent intro and then once it hits the verse the instruments will get out of the way correct so that west can sing and have some freedom and, and heavy on the chorus step. yeah and then i'll come heavy on the chorus and this definitely fits in that formula but yeah it's it's a good tune and yeah the music behind it's not bad yeah i think that like the it. tone of the, his guitars his acoustic and and his voice are are really good in this song No, it's a good tune. So let's hear a little bit of Spin You Around, Ralph's number 12. Okay, that was Ralph's number 12, Spin You Around. It's interesting. I found that... When I did the research over this period, we're doing this for well, probably two, three weeks. Yeah. It was interesting to me listening to interviews and every interview I heard or uh, he's done radio shows and I've listened to the entire radio show. When you hear Wes and actually the rest of the guys talk, you realize that they came out, their first major album was 2001. Correct. Yeah. And that was way after uh, Nirvana and uh, Alice in Chains. And he said you got to figure that they were 17 at the time in 2001. So when Alice in Chains came out in 91 or around there, right? <laughs> they were seven. And I think Wes is a little Wes is, older. Well, yeah, Wes is a little bit, but what I'm saying is yeah. generally, but yes, they influenced him. Yes. Yeah. They, the grunge era grew him up. That was his influence. It's like some older folks would be Zeppelin or all of, you know, in eighties, some other, bands van halen or something you can definitely hear cobain in in his voice in 10 to 15 of his songs. and allison chains too yeah but at first that pissed me off you know they're ripping him off but after listening to him talk for a lot 
I realized that it's not that at all. It's that's their influence. That's what they grew up listening to. Yeah. And when you grow up listening to something, you're going to always have that in your music somewhere. And the harmonies of a uh, Wayne Staley. Yeah. Or uh, some of the tones of Kurt Cobain are in his voice, but it's in his music. It's not out of I need to rip them off. They weren't coming up in the grunge era. They were coming in the post-grunge era. That said, I'm going to go with my number 12, which is also off of Life on Display, but a different tune. I just love like the cool, delayed, clean tones on the intro, although he does get crunchy a little bit once the verse starts. Away From Me is my number 12. It's pretty much typical format. That happens to be my number 11. There we go. Okay, good. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. We're matching already. The chorus... Turns the guitar up, and vocally is good, and he does have a bit of Cobain in it. I don't think that some of the cursing in it, just to drop an F-bomb in there for, I don't necessarily agree with it all the time. Vocal melody, I like the double peaks uh, in the first part, as the best part of the verse. I just love that where he does that. It's great. So what do you think? It's on your, it's your number 11. So Yeah, it's my number 11, and it's it's a great opening song for the second album that they came out with. It seems like Wes is talking about a relationship where he loses his girlfriend because she's lying to him, deceived him, and he obviously wants her to get away from him. So once again, you know, Wes has been through quite a few ugly relationships, uh, you know, just listening to the lyrics on his catalog. But yeah, this this is a very strong, great song. Yeah, he said he was on VH1. Yeah. And pretty much he kind of reiterated what you said. I mean, this is the quote. Basically, I was being lied to and deceived, as usual, by someone else. And the whole thing is as usual. is really about deception. It's hard because everything I wrote about actually happened. After a relationship fell apart, all the lyrics turned out to be basically true. I wanted to stay with the person, but she was sinister. <laughs> this is his words. <laughs> so, so getting out of it was probably a blessing in disguise. I was really passionate but the song came out of the whole thing. Anyway. I'm sure Wes is always innocent in all these uh, relationships. Well, it's, it's <laughs> generally everybody's like that, right? No matter what comes up, it's never that person's fault. But I think that's generally where humans come at things. I catch myself doing that sometimes too. Sure. From sure. whatever. It's something that my daughter does or my wife does or Ralph does or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's listen to my number 12 and Ralph's number 11. Here's away from me off of the second album, Life on Display from 2003. Anyway, it's, it's kind of funny. You can kind of hear like we were, I have the clean version we're playing. So good boy. Yeah, we're trying to be good. Okay, my number 11 off of the next album, Famous, Living on Borrowed Time. The beginning, the I smell the BS, I'm getting sick of it. That's the only part I don't necessarily like in the whole song. The verse is solid, the instrumentation goes pretty straight when Wes wants to sing. The chorus is catchy. Everybody can relate to somebody telling you something over and over and over again. I, yeah. I get it. I effing get it. I yeah. get it, you know? And it's interesting as they move into the bridge, you almost hear a little Jane's addiction in that before it goes quiet and then they start slamming back on the chorus. I wasn't expecting to like the song uh, because that beginning intro. Yeah, the music's good, the hook is great, and the topic, lyrically, is something that I have experienced and I think most people who've ever 
being human yeah. experience. Oh, any thoughts on living on borrowed time? Yeah, living on borrowed time. I feel like I was able to categorize all of Puddle of Mud songs, and this kind of fell into my my second twenty five. So you know, twenty six through fifty. You're right. Um, a little bit like uh oh, the the very first part of the song, and I just I just kind of lose it where he's he's talking about that. So. Yeah. What I think this is just clearly showing that even though you're a puddle of mud fan, doesn't mean you have taste <laughs> in the songs that are good at them, that aren't. Uh, <laughs> anyway. You know, puddle of mud actually is one of these bands. It's like the guilty pleasure band. It's like why, you know, because they don't have a lot of fans. You know, they're they're not selling out even three thousand seat arenas. I mean, these well, guys well, have well, been well, around for twenty years and they're playing in front of eight hundred people, seven hundred people. I, I guess, but. They're also when they're going on the big tours, the group tours that they've been going on. They're playing yeah, it's like spaces. five or six uh, other or four, bands. Yeah, yeah, it's like three or four other bands. Yeah, yeah. and they headline it, so they do well, and uh, they've been growing since. You see, for years, and for people who don't know, why has Puddle of Mud not been in the forefront of what people are doing? Wes has been through the ringer. Yes, he has the the rock star life. He's gotten arrested for. He's been through the highs and the lows. Like the low was getting arrested at an airport for standing on the, the baggage conveyor belt and, yeah. and going behind the scenes. And he went around a couple times with a chainsaw. He attacked his neighbor's property. A lot of stuff like that. Plus getting thrown off a plane, having to land. There was a lot of that. But on the upper side, he used to date Rachel Hunter. That's correct. This is an interesting story. And it's funny. Like when I do this sort of thing, the last day before we do a podcast, I'm like, I should just sit there, and instead of wasting my time watching anything else, I will watch Puddle of Mud videos on YouTube or whatever band I'm doing. And without fail, there's something nuanced that comes out of that, and this is the nuance, okay? He was talking about Rachel Hunter. And what came out of that was Paris Hilton. And Paris <laughs> uh -oh. Hilton uh, was really into West Scantlin, but he was dating Rachel Hunter, and he did not want a part of her. So they were hanging out at a party or whatever. He's hanging out with her, and she disrobes completely. Paris? Yeah, just, which is pretty easy to do, I guess. And, <laughs> but he left, <laughs> and she was annoyed that he left, so she told Rachel Hunter that they had sex. Oh, boy. <laughs> so anyway, at least this is from his point of view. Maybe Paris was right. Who knows? Yeah, he's, he, Wes has definitely lived the rock star life. You know what they say about nights in Paris, you know? So it's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Of course, I think he had all these Hollywood girlfriends when he was uh, selling five million albums. They had a blast when they uh, came out the first couple of years. He played with him and uh, Fred Durst. First time I've ever saw West Scale, I didn't realize I did at the time. I remember Fred Durst being there. Uh, on MTV, they were doing Zeppelin's song, Thank You. Limp Bizkit was? No, it was just... Wes Scanlon. Oh, Wes, okay. And Fred Durst. Fred Durst was singing. Yeah. And Wes Scanlon was playing and singing a little bit. And they start playing Thank You by Zeppelin. And who comes out but Jimmy Page. Wow. So he's out there playing acoustic guitar with Jimmy Page. I'll put it all in the, in the show notes. Yeah. But it's, it's a really cool thing. And I'm like, here's a guy coming out of Kansas City. His band breaks up. He's in Florida somewhere. Fred Durst calls him and says, hey, come on. So he comes out, starts, they get the band after about two years, and during that time, he goes and sits in with him, Fred Durst asks him to come play with him, and he's MTV, 
and he's playing their acoustic guitar and he ends up playing guitar with Jimmy Page. So it's it's one of these kind of blessed lives sometimes and he's been through the downs too as we said yeah, before. Fred definitely had a big part in helping Puddle of Mud. There's the story that Wes went to see Limp Bizkit and had apparently two or three demo tapes left and he handed one of his last tapes apparently to one of Fred Durst's bodyguards. Fred apparently called him about three or four weeks later, flew Wes out to Hollywood. Apparently, Wes had to fire his band back yeah, in Kansas City, I think. And there's 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 two ways of that happening. Yeah. This is the, the two things I've heard. The Wes Scanlon point of view says, we broke up. Ah, okay. I went to Florida. And then he gets the call. But I think the thing is he didn't offer it back to the band there so they weren't like fired but so they were already broken up he left people behind in kansas city but i don't think they were active so they weren't fired per se so that's the kind of nuance anyway gotcha let's listen to a little <laughs> living on bar time uh my number 11 off of famous Addiction right here. This is what that reminds me. That's living on borrowed time. My number eleven, and we know what your number eleven is, so we're gonna skip away from me. So, what's your number ten? Going to number ten. It's off of the Come Clean album. Great opening song, Control. Oh, good tune. Yeah, great tune. So. Oh, that's your 10, okay. Yeah, it's my number 10, and I've heard, although I've never seen them, obviously, I've heard they open up with this song quite a bit at their concerts, and I'm, I'm curious to ask you, because we never really talked about this, but and I don't know if you remember, but if they did open with this song, I heard what they do a lot is they'll play the first three, three and a half minutes of this song, and then they'll go into War Pigs by Black Sabbath. It felt like they actually played Control, and then they went into War Pigs, but they do do both, yeah. When I saw them, they did War Pigs, they did TNT. I think those are the two covers they did. It's a great angry song, typical Wes Scantlin, Puddle of Mud. The guitar and bass line on the verse work great together. The, the one weak point is the lyrics during the bridge are a little weak about uh, getting smacked on the backside. So. <laughs> it's funny. If I'm not you, sure if you like that part, but I'm like, all right, come on, Wes. If you came and look at my notes... One of my bullets, I have bullets, and I, this is what I said. The bridge, I love the way it builds slightly until full volume and then hitting, although I could live without the way, he says, you smack my my ass, okay? Yeah. I, I think we that's, can say that's that. That's definitely the, the, the weak point in a, in a great yeah. song. Yeah. It's Ralph's number 10, Control, off of Come Clean, the debut album from Puddle Mud. I don't know why you look at me, I feel a pain you place inside Okay, that's Control, Ralph's number 10. Since you've done 11 and 10, which is away from me, mm-hmm. it kind of, we rolled into them away from me together. Yep. I'm going to go with my number 10. You got I'm it. I'm going 10-9 now. This one is my one and only song off of Welcome to Galvania. Good it's for my, you. It's my number 10, Diseased Almost. Best song on the album, Rob. I really love this song. Yeah. Really hard riff in the beginning. It has good energy. The verse feels good and sounds new, which is good. And I like it. Chorus is good. Love the flow. I like the inflection as he goes, close my eyes and the chorus in there. It's great. And I don't know, maybe it's just going back to that main riff so many times. 
I really like this quite a bit. Yeah, the tone of the guitar at the very beginning is is just dirty and and just mean. Yes, perfect, mean. I like that. Totally agree with you. Definitely the best song on Galvania. Like I mentioned, there's two really good songs on there. That being probably the top one. So I will play my number ten, Deceased Almost. Let's listen. That's my number 10. Disease Almost off of Welcome to Galvania. Yeah, I hope um, whenever I get to see them live, they play that song and and don't play Uh-Oh. They'll play Uh-Oh. They have to. I know, but yeah. wishful thinking. Okay. Uh, my number nine is Back to Life on Display. Once again, the intro, it has some delay. It continues through the verse. It has vibe and movement. Freak of the world is my number nine freak of the world i really like this tune wow there's nothing that i won't do i mean love the build right the chorus is strong i'm the freak of the world and all that yes, stuff. yes you are i am maybe that's why it resonates with me so much it's catchy in a rock pop sort of way but it's still really good i think it's my favorite song on life on display so, really yeah it is his vocal it comes across truly as he's anguished really he has this soul of somebody who's hurt He's talking about singing through barbed wire, and here he is. Everybody's talking about him. Everything's going down. I mean, life on display, maybe this wasn't quite the case yet, but based on what happened to him, everybody's talking about me, but it's like I'm a freak. Then I'm this guy who's nuts. I'm crazy. I'm the freak of the world. And that's how I saw it, at least post. I didn't listen to life on display when it came out. I listened to it recently. Yep. So when I hear this song and I hear Wes sing it, I think of him in pain and in alcoholism and drugism or whatever doing something crazy and being locked away and looking through barbed wire at people and being held up as what you shouldn't be as a rock star that sort of thing so i felt deeper connection with the song yeah maybe then if i would have listened to it in 2003 when it came out yeah when you say a deeper connection by listening to this song i was going to beat you up a little bit because there's Probably nine songs on Life in Display that are better than that one. No, that's not. You're, you're absolutely wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And you know, it's shocking that this album, I think this album is also a great album along with Come Clean. But this commercially was, I mean, especially when, when you talk about Come Clean selling five million albums, I think this one did less than a million. I think but, what happened to them. Yeah. Didn't have the blurry moment? Is You think that's no, it? No, no. I think they got some backlash. There's a lot of hatred out there. You sound Puddle too much like uh, Nirvana. Sort of, it? sort of. There's a lot yeah. of things out there. I watched, there were some people who did reviews on even Welcome to Galvania and all different albums, right? Even going back to Come Clean and completely trashing it. Yeah, no, you're right. There, there is a lot of hate for Puddle of Mud out and there. And Puddle of Mud is in the same sentence as Nickelback in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. And even when I talk to some people who I know who are active in the musician community, the first push is, oh my God, they're derivative, right? And they paint it with this brush and they don't really get into it. That's why I challenge anybody to really get into it and physically listen and take notes on every song by Puddle of Mud. Mm -hmm. And if you really start digging in, you'll find that there's some good stuff there. And if you get out of your head that 
they have to be this thing that they're not. They have to be completely original work. Led Zeppelin's not a completely original work. You're going to bash Led Zeppelin here? No, no, but what I'm saying is they stole music. They put it off as their own. They yeah. did a bunch of things. So this, they, this has yeah. been a, a big thing going on. Let's not talk about Zeppelin here, but... We can talk about them a little bit. A little bit, but, you know... So they didn't give they didn't give the proper no, credits no, to... That, no, really? they, okay, they a lot of songs. Yeah. Dazed and Confused, for example. That, that song existed by somebody else that they stole. Yeah. So I think lyrics were different. They changed the lyrics, and that's enough, right? Or half of the blues artists they talk, took from, whether it's Howlin' Wolf or whether it's whoever it was took, taken from, Robert Johnson, they took it from them, and they didn't credit them and, until they had to come back and get pushed at. But regardless... Uh, Zeppelin's an amazing band and one yeah. of the best bands of all time. And but that's what I'm saying. That even that sort of band, if you wanted to look at it through a snob lens, can be derivative to some degree. And I'm not comparing Paul the Mud, I guess I am, but I don't mean to. <laughs> yeah. Compare them to Led Zeppelin because they're not on the same they're not on the same playing field. But that said, give them a chance. Listen to them. Take the list that we end up coming up with. I think you and I coming through this thing, yep. the the dirty dozen we end up with, whatever that list is, is probably the 12 songs you should listen to by Puddle of Mud. Assuming you don't go crazy with your picks, which could happen. Uh-oh. <laughs> but this is where you need to start and listen to some good stuff by Puddle of Mud. And then you can start picking apart some of the... It sounds like Kurt Cobain. It sounds like Lane Stanley. Yeah. It sounds like He does whoever. it very well. Look, there's yeah. a lot of bands, especially the post-grunge movement. There's a lot of bands who mimicked Alice in Chains, Nirvana. you got a band like, what, Silverchair? Which, you know, they got a couple of good songs, but Puddle I, of Mud does it very well. I think Puddle of Mud shows pretty well against Silverchair. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Led Zeppelin, not so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's listen to Freak of the World, my number nine. And just so you know, Ralph's wrong. Okay, that's my number nine, Freak of the World, off of Life on Display. So, Ralph, what do you have at your number nine? So, number nine, I went back to Come Clean, great rockin' song, the typical West Scantlin scream to open up the song. Does that quite a bit, obviously. I went with Basement. You thought that was going to be my number one, didn't you? I really didn't. I was joking <laughs> when Look, I said it's, thought- it's a great song. It's a great song. Um, oh, great is so subjective. Yes, it is. That's <laughs> that's why I think it's a great song. But, you know, there's um, one of the better guitar solos for Puddle of Mud is in this song. It, it's a very melodic solo. Yeah. I actually like the howling and the feedback in it after the main yes, part. It's, yeah. really, it's good. As much as I was kidding about Basement as, as being subjective, it's a good song. Building the chorus and... The melody drops for a little bit. The bridge is straightforward. The verse introduces like this clean, heavy effect filled on guitar. I like the uniqueness of it. Yeah, the, the lyrics seem to be about Wes losing his mother at an early age, then him being worried about his mother seeing him. She's up in heaven. Wes is getting into trouble all the time. And so he's worried about what his mom's thinking about him. So he's often locking himself in the basement. <coughs> Nice. Ralph, come on, man. Nice, This is a Rob. podcast. Nice, Ralph. Come on. <laughs> Our wives are listening. 
Ah, uh, no, they're not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't right. kid yourself. Then go ahead. Don't kid yourself. Tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to Basement, Ralph's number nine. <laughs> Okay, that's basement. Angry. R- Ralph's Love number it. nine. No, it's it's a good tune. It's a good tune. It's uh, it's not as high as you put it, but it's still a good tune. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you have in number eight? Number eight, I have once again going back to the Life on Display album. This is talking about another broken relationship that uh, poor Wes has. Feels he's uh, giving everything to this uh, particular relationship. And his girlfriend is not giving anything back to poor Wes. Song's called Heel Overhead. One of the slower songs in the catalog. It's got great vocal melodies during the chorus and and the guitar work, as usual. I I really enjoy it. The verse melody for me, the verse of this song, seems to be thrown together. It does nothing for me, the verse. The rest, the chorus is strong, and the bridge is strong. The bridge has the really solid build, and I love how it moves from like a whisper to a scream. He at builds the end. up. Yeah. yeah, he's building up at the end, and then just a rager at the and end. And it's yeah. really good. I, I think for me, the reason this didn't make my list is the combininess married with the verse melody being not in my palette, but the chorus and the bridge were really good. If you would have put a better verse in there somehow, I would have loved it. Come on, but, how about the opening lyrics? Don't you walk out that door. Don't even pet the dog on the floor. I know. Come on. <laughs> because when Wes wrote it, he started with the rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he wrote the song around the rhymes. <laughs> floor door. Okay. Okay. I got floor door. How come I got dog? The dog. The dog's on the floor or whatever. He was a poet and he didn't know it. No, he didn't know it. I mean, he was bad <laughs> at it. That's what the verse stuff. I, yeah. It, it drives me crazy. Heel overhead. Ralph's surprisingly high number eight. yeah the harmonies are great on that yeah no it's it's uh you know it's easily in the top 50 songs (laughs) what do they have 55 (laughs) I, i don't know something like that they have 84 songs, I think, but that's that's including their uh, covers. We discovered, yeah. yeah. And this is our first repeat of something mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. All right, uh, number eight <laughs> is Control off of Come Clean. I, I love the nice crunch with the two guitar overlays in the intro, the clean flanger sound, yeah, giving plenty of space for the vocal line. You definitely hear Lane Staley influence and the doubling of vocals in the verse. The chorus is catchy with a good punch of the guitar tone. And the rising octave overlaid by the lead. I like it. And this was the first single from their uh, debut album. Correct. And it was their theme song for the WWE Survivor Series. Really? Yeah. So it was a, not only was it a big song there, it got even more play because there's a lot of wrestling fans uh, in early 2000s. But they were one of the last bands to really get good play out of MTV. 
they were that last MTV band. Them yeah. and Stained and yeah, Limp Bizkit, uh, Limp Bizkit a little bit. Yeah, I think that Puddle of Mud really had a bunch of really good videos. I remember the video for Control. I remember him being like thrown off uh, out of the pickup truck yeah. and having to walk to the gig. Apparently, and, a true story. Yeah, it's so funny though. Like <laughs> when he picks the key up at the end and he, he whips the key into yeah. the uh, <laughs> yeah. After she comes back to him and he's like, "I'm taking the key and I'm whipping it into the forest." Yep. Good luck. <laughs> Nice uh, baseball arm, Wes. Yeah, I know. Here is number eight, Control. And this has nothing to do with Get Smart, by the way. Some people thought it did. Chaos. <laughs> Chaos and Control. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it by that much. You know, I just realized he was, he, was, he was smacking his ass. <laughs> it was like, it was like whack, whack. I was gonna say something very important there, but I have no idea what it's gonna be now. After Beavis and Butthead walk in, <laughs> it's like having control, you know. Uh, oh boy, I'm like in control. <laughs> You have no control. <laughs> Assume the position. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm losing my mind. Okay. Uh, that was my number eight. Control. Off of Good Complete. tune. Yeah. No, it's a great tune. My number seven is my first song off of another album. Off of volume four. Songs in the Key of Love and Hate. Great album name, by the way. Yes. And when I saw them live, I liked the song quite a bit. Mm. It's kind of a party. I wouldn't know, Rob. It's I know. I saw them do this, and it's a fun party song about sex, pretty much. At the end of the day, not from Wes, really. Yeah. That's all it is. It's like a straight ahead, like almost an '80s sort of vibe, even though it came out in 2009. Uh, this is Spaceship, off of uh, Volume Four. You're joking, right? No, live is great. It's really good. The Galaxy Far. Far away. You've seen this video, right? Yeah, I saw the video. But the video, I don't care about the video. The video for this isn't the reason I like this song. I saw them live and they yeah. kill this song. And the whole euphemism, I have a spaceship, let me take it for a ride, you know, that sort of thing. We going to the Whiskey A Go Go in about a month to go see these guys? Maybe. Maybe. I know there's a bunch of stuff coming up. So The 9th of October, I think. Yeah. Or the 8th. It can't be. Anyways. If it was 9th of October, we missed it. Sorry, the 9th of November. Sorry. Okay. On the ninth, the ninth of November, I will not be there. I think it's because the 8th. of because the ninth of November. You're jamming. Yeah, we're playing live out here in Santa. Vincenzo's. Korea. Vincenzo's, yeah. Vincenzo's. Looking there. forward to it. Yeah, that should be good. So anyway, uh, I love the feel of the intro and the verse. It makes you sway just listening to it. And the video really wasn't a big thing for me on this one. That's and, good. Yeah, I know. I was I, hoping you weren't going to say you like that video. No, no. You don't like spaceship? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it's in my, my, my bottom 30% of Puddle of Mud songs. Okay. Once again, you know, <laughs> clearly you, you missed the mark on some musicality. So that's okay. Let's listen to spaceship. 
that's Spaceship. My number seven. So they played that song live at the Canyon Club? Yeah, they did. So number seven, I went to their third album, Famous. There's one particular song on there that I think is worthy of being number seven on their list. Moonshine, love this song. It's about Wes trying to make up with a girlfriend. Gee, what a shocker. Usually he's walking away, but this time he's trying to make up with her. He's unsuccessful in trying to uh, make up with her, and this girl is just walking away from Mr. Wes Scantlin. Guitar opening is great. Verse structure has a great feel. The drumming, just straightforward drumming, but drumming is very good in this. The chorus during the song is also excellent with his typical heavy guitars when he gets to the chorus. So, oh, you're laughing at me. You, you don't like this song, Rob. Yes, I don't like this song. Oh. I like the tremolo effect that they have in the beginning. That's the positive. Yeah. The chorus has some positive notes. I kind of like a little of the chorus. This is my notes. Okay. I said, too bad the verse falls flat after that intriguing intro, because the intro was kind of cool. I like it. And then, and then I said, just drivel on this one. It's trying to be soft and sweet. Ugh. Every once in a while, Wes can get soft and sweet. But he has much better ones if you're going to pick about that. And then my last comment was three letters. Meh. <laughs> so obviously not in your top 20. No, no. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh, I feel bad for you. Moonshine is in the eye of the beholder, as the hillbilly once said. <laughs> Which hillbilly? The hillbilly who sold moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a like to I see the, the moonshine. Have you ever had moonshine? I have had moonshine. Yeah. Have I had moonshine? Yeah. This is me. Come on. <laughs> yes, I've had moonshine. I haven't had personally made moonshine. Yeah. I've had bottled moonshine. Was it a bottle like out of a bathtub or something like that? Had triple X on the jug or anything like that? No. So I've had grain alcohol. So I probably have, but not. You don't took a wrong turn there. Your mouth is pretty. What happened to your. <laughs> sir, what happened to your teefies? <laughs> you go bend over and pick that up from me, aren't you? <laughs> The first time I ever saw... What's the name of that movie? Uh, Deliverance. Oh, my. The, I was so terrified. <laughs> There's a couple of scenes in Deliverance, and I was just in Scream utter... Scream like a pig, yeah, boy! Just in utter shock watching that movie going, what the heck is going on out there? Let's listen to Moonshine. Aye. Let's listen to Moonshine. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Keep your I still don't get it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a great song, Rob. Oh, great is so subjective. All right. That's, that's Rob's number seven, Moonshine, six track off of Famous. What awful song do you have at number six? <laughs> number six, I'm going back to their big seller, Come okay. Clean. All right. So it's probably pretty good at that point. Yeah, look, it, it great heavy guitar riffs, drums to open the song with some feedback on the guitars, just kind of in the background. The song's called Out of My Head. That's your number six? It's my number six. Yeah, it's the, it's the typical classic post-grunge song, you know, the heavy guitars. Wes's voice in this is unbelievable. For me, for, yeah. for me it's the bridge on the song that, yeah. that is so good. I really like it a lot. The chorus is a bit drawn back tonally from the verse. It's weird. Like, it's usually the chorus that jumps out at me, and this is not the case on this one. The verse has a dynamic shift that really kind of keeps you interested. 
and the stereo effect from the guitars and the intro I like, and it, it sounds really good. So it's kind of the chorus that lets me down on yeah. this song. So you enjoy the bridge here. The bridge here is really yeah, the good. The bridge is very good here. In fact, I, that's how I was able to separate like 10 through 15. What am I going to eliminate here from the top 12? And it's the bridge in like song 13, 14, and 15. But this has got a great bridge. You're absolutely right on that one. The chorus was such a letdown for me. And that's usually what I was really excited for. Yeah. And generally, most bands, if you have a song that has a good chorus but junky the rest of the stuff, People will still get into it, but if you have really good everything but the chorus, it kind of falls flat, and people want to get that payoff, and they get let down. That was the only thing that really killed me, because the rest chorus of the song, ver- the rest of the song's great. Chorus verse are also great. Come on. I don't think the chorus is good on this at Let's all. let the people listen. All right, let's take a listen. Out of my head, off of Come Clean, Ralph's number six. I can see it in your face. You wish you would have put that at number six. No. All right. My number six is not off one of the main albums. Good for you. It's off of the best of album. Okay. It's abrasive. Mm. It's my number six. Good tune. I can't beat you up on this one. I love the clean with the octaves and the bass is really good. In the beginning, Dirty Guitar gets in and starts driving the song and moving. The verse is solid, still heavy, a bit of Nirvana, but still good. Yeah, a lot of Nirvana. That's one of the notes I've got. This is an excellent song, Rob, and he's got a lot of Kurt Cobain in this song, but it it is a very good song. The Softer Bridge, I actually got a little Pearl Jam in. That's the first that I really saw Pearl Jam influence was the bridge. My number six is Abrasive off of their Best of Album. Interesting when they put a a good song on the Best of Album to make it intriguing enough for their fans to grab it. Yeah. So that's one of these. Yeah, I can listen to that whole song. It's okay. Yeah, it's a good one. So that's my number six. My number five is back off of volume four again. Okay. This one has a couple cool stories with it. I saw them. They play it live. That was in their set they played. Uh, this is called Stoned. You're trying to hurt me, aren't you? Great intro. The chord progression is clean. And then this tornado of heavy guitar kind of hits. The verse is strong. I don't know whether that snap your finger, snap your neck. It almost sounds like an Arnold quote. Snap your finger, yeah. snap. Where's yeah. where's Sully? I let him go. You know what I mean? It sounds like. I, I love the finger, video of Stoned where he's walking through the office and he's got. And a, he's starting throwing he's things a, over. Yeah. He's got a bullhorn and there's the typical West scream in the first 45 seconds of the song. And he just, he's got the bullhorn and he walks up to the receptionist, very good looking young lady. And he just screams in her face and her hair is just blowing back. <laughs> It's great, yeah. If you ever like Office Space, it's sort of that. Yep. The scream you talked about. Yeah. Here's let's get into a little about behind the scenes. The scream you hear at the track is actually from the scratch, what they call a scratch track. Before they actually recorded the song, Wes was did the scream, and they were just on acoustic guitar and just trying to get it so that everybody can start playing it. And then when they go to the studio, they record it. And he went there and he tried to get that scream again. He couldn't, so they actually used the scream off of his basic scratch track just to kind of get the piece of the song. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the song, there's some other magic. 
<laughs> this is from uh, Paul Phillips, who was the guitar player at the time. He goes, this is what he said. Wes just had a few more overdub vocals to do as we went all out the night before. Well, needless to say, we were both hung over the next day, and Wes was dying in the vocal booth. <laughs> he had the run to go out and get him some chicken wings, thinking that would help. Well, a few takes later, he disappeared into the vocal booth, and then he started to quit singing. We stopped the playback and realized he was having quite an alcohol chicken wing puke extravaganza. Luckily, the tape was still rolling, and yeah. we captured every moment of it. They've got that at the end of the song. At the end yeah. of the song. We knew we had to use it, so in the final mix, we flew it over to the end of the song, and that's where it will live forever. Funky. <laughs> Who thinks chicken wings are good for a sick stomach? <laughs> you know, when you're in that moment, it's like you, you got to feed that. It's like, I'm going to get sick. I got to have something. I need food. And whatever food pops in your head, it's like, that's the idea. But Like uh, a Tommy burger at two in the morning down in L.A.? Yeah, it could be. Very good. Yeah. I actually had this song in my top 12 up until about a week ago, and it just slid out a little bit. But yeah, this is an excellent song. Okay, here's my number five. Stoned. That's it, a good one. It's interesting, though. When you listen to the clean version of it, they let BS go wild you can say bs all day long yeah and, and they'll and i'll go through but you can't say stoned it's owned really <laughs> yeah i was like really that's what they're cutting out and i guess it was at a time where like now i mean we're so used to it and it's legal and all this do other we things. have tipper gore to thank for that it must be i i blame tipper <laughs> i blame al yeah i blame al gore yes <laughs> Yeah, Al is guilty of everything. I'm Al Gore. Walk this way. Walk this way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, that was my five. Don't off of number four uh, album on volume four of Songs in the Key of Love and Hate back in, oh, 2009. So, Ralph, what do you have at number five? What obscure song off of the first album that you have on... on (laughs) I'm going back to life on display. Oh, okay, good, good. At least it wasn't off a comfort. I was expecting, you know, I'm I'm a half expecting to hear "Piss It All Away" come out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or "Said" or something like that. Anyway, By the uh, way, <laughs> not only is "Come Clean" a great album, but how about that album cover? Mm-hmm. Little three year old boy just letting it hang out there in well, the middle of the field. If, if people don't know this, Ralph is really into three year old boys. Oh, stop! <laughs> Let's move on to my number five. You dirty dog. <laughs> oh, it was like this big massive oh, softball boy. that just came up and i had a swing all right i'm going i'm rob i'm gonna slow it down i'm gonna reel us in and slow it down oh, a little bit oh no i don't know what's coming but so I think life on display song think think really very mellow song yeah. the, the tone of the guitars are great Picks up as the song goes on. It obviously picks up in typical puddle of mud fashion. Talks about gee, shocker, another one of Wes's relationships where he's trying to talk her out of leaving. Ultimately, he knows this relationship's over, and ultimately she takes over or she takes off. But yeah, think 
actually this didn't make my list but it's actually a song i i don't dislike the only thing top that really 20? the reason it didn't make my i don't know if top 20 it's or borderline 20 but the vocal melody is okay but the repetitive nature of this one yeah the, it was just lazy for me a little bit on the lyrical side that kind of killed me for this like the tone of his acoustic guitar the, the acoustic guitar yeah. and the sitar type of feel in the beginning you know it's just repetition over and over and over and over again it drives me crazy but you feel good when the chorus hits but then you realize it's only half a chorus and then he repeats the whole thing again it's like oh. lots of emotion in this song. i know but it's emotion that's uh <laughs> I, but that said i actually don't dislike the song it's just i wish that somebody could take the song and make new lyrics and that's all you know what i mean if the song itself is good so the lyrics is what beats you up it beats me up on yeah. this yeah it really does but that's me on this one you know everybody has their opinion yes and we do. and only mine is right <laughs> i'm learning that <laughs> yes i know think think number five by ralph <laughs> you definitely think right you know i'm like yeah you know i think i think i like that song just a little bit but ah you know i think that elroy could write a little bit of lyric <laughs> <laughs> yeah wes isn't exactly known for his lyrics but uh guitar work tone yeah it's not exactly paul mccartney you no know. <laughs> Although I do enjoy when he writes a good song, like it stands, think? it stands out. Not think. <laughs> anyway, what's your number four? Number four, I'm going to stick with "Life on Display." Shocker. Okay. Great bass line and percussion to open this song. Goes on for about thirty to forty-five seconds. Then it slides into Wes's voice and guitar work are also excellent. Angry chorus. Bottom. Bottom. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But. This is one of the worst bridges of all time. Yeah, I feel like Wes's bridges lack, and, and I think I've mentioned this before, but bridges brought back a lot of the tunes that out of the top... Hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, out okay. of the top 12. But okay. this song is so good other than the bridge that well, I had to keep it at four. The lyrics, actually, in the verse. Okay. This is the lyrics in the verse. Ready? It's not Paul McCartney. Breaking down, how could you leave me? I need something to rhyme. What can I... Garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> wait what never want you to understand he just says garbage can in the middle for no reason except that it is he really throw garbage can garbage in, there? Can is in there i was like oh uh. listen wes has done a lot of drugs in his lifetime so and the the bridge is like sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me yeah, that's a tough one can you get more cliche that, than that that's i don't a think you one. could possibly get more cliche i mean even Fred Durst should have said something about that. <laughs> <laughs> that said, the intro, all the instruments try to do something interesting. And that's what I liked. The drum tone on Life on Display, or especially on this song, is bad. It's just a drum tone. It's not the drummer. It's how they recorded the Th drums. Throughout the entire album. Yeah. Especially, really? Especially this what song. What don't you like about it? It's This song is really muddy. It's really not mixed. It's not like... Like if you hear John Bonham play drums... It rings. It has that reverb. This one doesn't. It's it's just it's like. Oh. How do you feel like the mixes on Galvanian? The reason I ask is I I Gal saw I saw a video about two weeks ago where a guy claims to be a puddle of mud fan and rips 
the sound of Galvania. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't hear anything I wrong with it. I, there's songs you can pick and choose. Yeah. It's not mixed entirely. Galvania was not done in one studio. Yeah, it was not done at one time. It was done over a, a ten period years. of time. Yeah. <laughs> It was not, well, not 10 years, but it was written over 10 years, but yeah. it was recorded over maybe two or three, but it was recorded in like three or four different studios, and each studio has a different sound to it. Some studios are better for that, and some aren't. The bass line and the drumming during West screaming, sticks and stones may bake my bones, but words will never hurt me, makes it go away. <laughs> I can't get by the lyric. I it can't. is tough. For me, it doesn't hit that number four for certain, but I could see you putting it at 12 and maybe being okay with it. But here's bottom. Number four. Gosh. Bottom. Now, this is good. Yes. It's not Neil Peart. Yeah, it should be ringing out there a lot more. It's just like, it's like somebody has a compressor on it. For me, and that's what it sounds like. I tell you what, I think literally he writes it with the rhymes first. <laughs> How did you leave me in a trash can? <laughs> garbage can oh garbage can sorry <laughs> that's lyric. And, and like the last one he said something too i was like oh my gosh no as i said the music if i couldn't speak english that would be an awesome song baseline it, percussion everything everything's good yeah. as i said i would like the drums to be mixed differently top 20 for you if i could not speak english it may actually made my top 12 <laughs> but uh, but the lyrics were so bad and laughable in my head and i couldn't get out of it and it's like, I'm like, I can't possibly, I don't think that's in my top 20, just because the lyrics just blow it out of the water for me. This one specifically. And this is coming from a guy who has Uh-Oh as his. Uh-Oh has much better lyrics. Oh. It, it, it's, it's all about him. And you can see his truth in that. Garbage can, you can't see truth in <laughs> <laughs> No. If you're if, in the garbage can, maybe you, you can. can. <laughs> if, if he's talking about, you know. You know, relating himself to Oscar the Friendly Grouch when he was younger, or, or there's some depth to it, or something. A little Sesame Street action. Or, even if there's some Sesame Street references, then I could maybe deal with it. But there's not. It's just literally somebody needs oh, man. Oh, what am I going to say next? Can let's do a can. How can do it? Oh crap! I can't come up with. I think garbage. Okay, let me garbage can. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to my words anyway. So that was your number four. Yes, sir. Mm. I had such a good hopes for you. Anyway. <laughs> Wait till you hear three, two, and one. Oh my gosh, I'm going to blow my mind. Anyway, uh, okay, my number four is off of Famous. Okay, uh, it's actually the title Oops. track. Title track off of Famous. The three guitars on the track, which is Wes Scanlon, uh, Brian Howes, and Doug Ardudo, or Tito, sorry, uh, playing. There's three guitars on the on it, which is kind of cool. The beginning wails. It sounds like Lane, Sca Lane Staley so much, it's scary. Yeah, it does. The verse, once again, clears the way for Wes. Pre, what you got, what you got it, that section is great. The chorus is really catchy. Although the callback to money for nothing and the chicks are for free are kind of cliche. Yeah. 
it isn't so overly cliche like let's say the last one right uh sticks and stones may break my bones but he was whatever it they was. will break your bones though <laughs> yeah, i know they can yeah that's and words will never hurt me that's right but that's the opposite <laughs> now in, 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 in today's world but anyway the bridge is solid it doesn't divert from the energy until the end but just a little bit it's just a good tune overall uh it's pretty much one of those songs about being famous and some people tie that in with the nickelback song on that sort of vibe there's another nickelback song i'm not gonna go into that yeah i do uh, enjoy this song it ends up in my 20 to 30 range this is in a couple of video games this song showed up in the wwe stuff again more they're, wwe yeah huh? they were tied in even if famous i think they're in four video games this one so go figure anyway this is my number four any other things on famous or are you good oh that's it okay let's listen to famous my number four all right that was my number four famous my number three we're getting into the meat of the matter here we're getting into the 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 core which i'd expect that maybe you may have this within one but it's possible you don't my next one is off of come clean okay it's probably the most known songs ever blurry i left it off because i knew you would have this in there you left it off i left it off really so if you would list your top 12 songs to somebody who's never heard a puddle of mud you would not have blurry on it no you're out of your mind <laughs> all right okay all right my number three is blurry uh the harmonics on the intro enhance the song it's a very very good song the verse flows smoothly and lyrically across the board like the build of the chorus the rising guitar line it's definitely one of their best the vocal doubling a la alice in chains is really good very restrained melodic solo i like the calling back to the intro on the outro of the song Wes Wes scanlon wrote this song about his desire to be a good dad yeah correct. and hang out with his kid uh his wife was not happy when she saw this video and, and no, heard the was, lyrics she was not at all because they were separated right although scantlin said that this song helped bring some of those issues open and improve their relationship true after, good for him yeah and so her this was number hit number five on the hot 100 is it possible that puddle of mud might not be around if it wasn't for blurry like would they still be pushing out albums if it wasn't for blurry blurry was one of those big hits that kind of just drove huge. them yeah it was huge and clearly that's why somebody would leave it off the entire list anyway uh, i knew you i knew uh, you would pick me up rob I, I, I wanted to give the people more i knew you'd have this on there so i know but what's gonna yeah it's anyway <laughs> you're gonna put something ridiculous at number one i'm just gonna tr lose my mind it's like anyway, spaceship uh, no spaceship <laughs> is a better choice at number one than what you're gonna have there i'm sure uh okay unless you do something okay and there's some still some songs out there that you haven't picked yet so i'm kind of hopeful that some of it's there so anyway blurry is my number three any thoughts on blurry yeah no it blurry is a very good song i'm sure you probably thought it would be my number one i did I, I thought it would be number one for you. Um, I still enjoy listening to it, but it is one of those songs that I've heard so much that I am tired of it. So, Well, this isn't your favorite no, song. No, it is my favorite you know, it is top a, it, 12. <laughs> yeah, but that's not that's not your goal. Your goal is to make the top 12 regardless. And like, there's songs that I've like overplayed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. But if I had to put it in, if I had to race every song by that band ever, you know what I mean? If it's not my 12, it's disappeared. 
if I have to, they can only save 12 songs in their yeah. entire catalog. These are the songs that I would put on it. And that's kind of where I look at it. So, but anyway. I changed your rules. <laughs> I know. That's okay. You're too- Very good song, though. It's in my top 15, but it's just not in top 12. No, no, no. I get it. Yeah. I get it. All right. Let's listen to Blurry off of Come Clean. This is my number three, many people's number one, and Ralph's number 15, maybe. All right. <laughs> it's Blurry. Okay, that's my number three. Blurry, off of Come Clean. So, Ralph. The winner. He says this very scarily in my head. What is your number three? Number three. I have you worried, don't I? I you too. I'm expecting sticking with "Come Clean." Uh, this song. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see what it is. And I, I, have a, I have a feeling this may be within one, but maybe not. Yeah, I, I don't think this song. There's a 30 second part of this song that is the best 30 seconds for "Puddle of Mud." There's a heavy guitar riff. And Wes's vocals in this, in that 30 seconds, are unbelievable. It's a song called Nobody Told Me. Nobody told you. (laughs) (laughs) The heavy guitars and the bass opening up. And then it slows down when when Wes's vocals come in. And then at about the two-minute mark, there's a really strong, just very simple, open... Open chord like you like, Rob. Just a kick-ass sound to this guitar. And then his vocals are at its best throughout the entire Puddle of Mud category. Hair on my notes. <laughs> Does he say hair on my notes? I said hair on my notes. Hair on my notes, not hair on my nose. Said, or hair on my nuts or something hair like that. On my nuts. Hair on my nuts. I thought, oh, did he use The hair on my nuts have disappeared after listening. Nobody told me that my, should, my hair on a nut should be normal. Anyway. Oh, uh, uh, what do you got? Uh, the bass carries the intro, and it's a good showcase yes. on this one, okay? The guitar line is almost distracting, okay? And this is me as a guitar player. The verse is Don't sort of that against uh, the, the verse is sort of flat and droney. Uh, although the second verse has a lot more energy and more tonal interest. That, right? That's the, second that's verse the is better. best thirty seconds mm. of Puddle the Mud right there. The second mm. verse. The chorus is just okay. Nobody told me. It really isn't that catchy. The bridge seems similar to drift and dime and the build and muted chords to the heavy build. The back half of the song is much better. I like the dirty rhythm guitar sound. Yeah. The lyric flow seems rushed and not well put together as the rest of the album. That's my notes on it. <laughs> That's my notes on your number I three. I love overall. it. <laughs> number three. Uh, Top 25 for you? No. It's right around what there. What is wrong with you? There's interesting parts in it. I, I haven't really thought about what's my 20 to 25. Yeah, okay. It came down on like 18 or 19 but songs. But Spaceship and uh Spaceship and... Uh, uh, we're going to keep well, no, going uh, back uh, to that. Uh-oh was, was not in my top 12. Uh-oh was a song that I th- we needed to talk about. That was all. Yeah. It's a song of note. It's nothing to do with my list. We don't need to talk about Uh-oh. I think, I think people need to hear that. So regardless if you love it or if you hate it. And for me, Uh-oh would be in my 20 to 25 probably. Angry voice in the two-minute mark is unbelievable in this song. Okay. 
Gosh, I'm 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 shocked that this is the tune you want. That's why you brought me on board to shock you, Rob. I know. Okay, here's uh, nobody told me. Ralph's number three. Okay, that is nobody told me that Ralph would pick that song. Uh, number three. <laughs> Nice heavy riff there at the two. No, I, I tell you what, second verse, as I said, even yeah. in my notes, if you take the lyrics out and you listen to just noise. It's typically what I do. It's not a, a rip on anything. It's just more if you listen to the tone. His vocal tone yes. is really good at, yes, it, in, it in the is. second verse. like It's among the best tone that he's had on any song, but the lyrics are not good. Forget the lyrics. Listen to the tone. Listen to the guitar. The crunching sound of that guitar and his vocals. It's not the guitar. It's not any of that. The rest of the stuff is, it's okay. I knew this one would shock it's you. It's okay, but the the vocal tone, to yeah. your point, yeah, it's the good. second verse, the vocal tone is among his best. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's more song than that. <laughs> but, there is yeah, other know, than that 30 seconds uh, second uh, verse there's know, more to it but if i would just say what's maybe the best 30 seconds maybe that would be in the top 12 and the best 30 seconds you mean number three it wouldn't be number three <laughs> yeah. there's zero chance because they have so many good songs that you have to kind of throw in there you and jake have been doing this for a year now and this is obviously the first time i've been doing it and i am listening to puddle of the mud completely different than i have in the last 20 years you know taking notes and just listening to things so and as a musician for me yeah this deep dive into music it's different it's no but not different it's it's been such a great thing for me artists that i may not have appreciated with my nose in the air uh, knowing what i liked but when i dig in i find the goodness that i want to lift up every artist to some degree. Even Poison? It, it, I'm sure if I went through Poison <laughs> and I and, and I had to get a top 12, and all of a sudden I said, like, Talk Dirty to Me was a song I actually liked. Oh, boy. And I mentioned this on another podcast, but when you're learning guitar and somebody does a simple solo, yeah, like C.C. DeVille did, yeah. in Talk Dirty to Me, and the crunch of that guitar sounds really cool to my 13-year-old self, that... I can play a song from front to back, including the solo. I was loving it. I was also in the Ozzy. I was listening to a bunch of other stuff that's thought of as cool. But at that moment, that song was big. It's weird that there's stuff like that. As but long I, as you're saying that about 13-year-old Rob and not 29-year-old yeah, no, no, Rob but I, but, I, but I think if I had to dig deep into somebody who has a bigger catalog, no matter who it is, I think I would find some goodness in it. I think there, there's some goodness in most artists. No matter, even if people bash them. Yeah. God help me. What's your number two? <laughs> uh, number two, I'm going back to Life on Display. Oh, okay, that's not a song I have, but go ahead. What do you got? That's some ridiculous a song, song about euphoric feeling of drug use. Once again, top two items that Wes likes to talk about. Drug use, girlfriend breakups. It's a rocking song. Great tempo throughout the song. The drums keep a frenetic pace throughout the entire song. Let's see. Uh, you want to guess? Give it a I'm, guess. Let's play a game. I'm thinking. I'm trying. Let me think. Okay. I've, I okay, think the, I've already picked uh, okay. four or five off Okay, of, the um, drums. Yeah. Quick pace. Uh, quick pace. The drums. 
gosh, and it has to be a song you haven't picked already. Oh my gosh, you did Heel Overhead. Cloud Nine. Cloud uh, Nine. The, oh gosh, really? Uh, <laughs> no, actually. The, I love shocking you, Rob. No, I get it from the point of view of the band or what songs am I into having listened to the band for X number of years. Yeah. Taking away their hits. And I, their hits I'm not going to think about because they're their hits and I'm, I'm going to think about the nuance. But I'm more thinking of if I had to make a concert, you know, what songs would have to be there? This song and Cloud has to, Nine has on, never. This, this it's is, not in their set, and this it hasn't is been one of the songs years. that gets the crowd moving. Um, this one I get. Not a, she hates me. This uh, is the song uh, that gets them. Moving. Oh gosh. Okay, here's what Wes had to say about Cloud Nine. Yeah, give it to you. What is Wes? Cloud say? Nine was written when I was 15 years old. Ugh. It was basically a rebellious poem I wrote and some crazy bass line I came up with on a crappy bass. But I guess it was all right. The only other new part of the whole song was written more recently. Doug, the bassist, told me that on the phone I kept asking what I was doing. He was sleeping. He said, hey, man, call me when the sun goes down. I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so Call me when the sun goes down. Yeah, that is funny. The intro sounds a little interesting, but it's the same formula with dropping less out the sing and everything the main riff is okay no, you're right it follows that puddle of mud formula right. you know heavy guitars and then as the singing comes in the guitars drop, drop down. off yeah. yeah a very alice in chains inspired especially in the bridge the chorus is not awful i'll take that as a positive that's a positive i guess and and shows some nirvana-esque energy yeah in it a lot of energy here rob this is not even close it's not a song i, I would turn off if i was playing the album it's a decent song but I, I think putting it as number two is kind of pushing it. But anyway, here's a Cloud Nine. Enjoy it. Uh, off of Life on Display, Ralph's number two. <laughs> Oh, to be 15 and How write a song it, like that. I know. he. he it's But like the lyrics are so deep. Like, what was the chorus? How, the how did it go? It was like Cloud Nine. It was Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine. Send me away. Cloud Nine. <laughs> cloud Nine. <laughs> cloud Nine. Call me when the Look, sun goes down. When we're talking about Puddle of Mud, we're not exactly talking about the lyrical content. Oh, Okay. All right, let, let's jump to the real the real list here. Okay, my number two <laughs> is a song that you were joking about a couple of seconds ago off of a come, a come Clean, one of the f- biggest songs ever by Puddle of Mud. One they curse in when you hear it and not in the video. For, oh, no. for, for me, she, ha- she Hates Me. Oh, is, please don't. She Hates No, She Hates Me is an amazing song. When you hear them live... You can't you can't go from bashing Cloud Nine. No, to she hates me. She hates me is great. I mean, there's a there's a clean chords, clean chords carrying into the verse. If you hadn't heard she hates me and you heard she hates me for the first time, you'd like it. If and, I was fifteen, if the first time you listened to she hates me, you liked it. I almost guarantee it. Anyway, uh, really catchy straight through the verse. The chorus is catchy, and it's been my favorite song. Okay, uh, you can hear the Nirvana influence in this but who cares it's great uh the lyrical story is good because many of the listeners have been in his situation this one kind of you know you're dealing with women who realize that they're not right for you and they're kind of crazy uh maybe a little over at the end with the megaphone 
but that's just a minorist criticism that I can come up with. I really love this tune. It's a song, obviously, about a relationship that messed up and the girl hates him. It's, it was a highlight at concerts, and it was a highlight when we saw them. The place goes crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a big seller. Even, it's got an... The, the offbeat, the, for me, just doesn't, this just was, doesn't this, do it for me. This was the, a number one hit on the mainstream rock tracks. It was number 13 on the Hot 100. It was the most played rock song of 2003. There's a lot of people out there that don't know what they should be listening uh, no. to. No, well, anyway, even my wife knows this song. If I would play all the Puddle of Mud, this is the song she would know. Not Blurry? Not Blurry. She hates me. When you go to college in the early 90s, yeah. that's what was being played. And like, even when I didn't know Puddle of Mud, this is a song that I knew. For me, it's great. The Nirvana, Nirvana feel... That sort of clean guitar, grunge-esque, but just, I I, like it, I, it, I've been in that space, yeah. and I, I related to the lyric, and me, lyrics are big. The reason it was so big is because it really did hit with so many people. Yeah, it, it did. It was a big hit for him. There's no doubt about that. Blurry and She Hates Me are like the two big ones. It didn't make my number one. Wow, what are you number one? That's going to be the wow. interesting thing. So you'll hear in a second because I'm going to number one next. She Hates we could, Me. We could match at number one here. It's possible. So, But we'll find out. That'd be great. I thought we'd match a lot more, but... I really didn't. I'm not even close. <laughs> That's on why you this. brought me on board to shock you, Rob. I uh, know. Well, it's the different point of view of going at it. So, but anyway, she hates me is my number two overall. And let's hear. Do you any comments besides bashing it? Because no, it's, just bashing it. Okay. Here it go. just feel it. It feels like it never picks up a rhythm. You know, it's just very really? broken. Like I'm a big hook guy. Like I like guitar hooks. Yeah. I like. Things that catch your ear. And for me, even when the guitar isn't the one driving that, the when it's a vocal hook, when it's a melodic hook, for me when I'm listening to it, and this song is all over that. Yeah. It, it's catchy. And if you can play a song for a crowd who's never heard it, and by the second verse, they're singing along to the top of their lungs. like uh, It's this, definitely a crowd pleaser. Yeah, because, I would have went and uh, grabbed a beer at this point. Really? I don't think you could get to the bar because yeah, it was so crazy. Maybe not. Yeah. Anyway, here she hates me. When I started I just love, like, she tore my feelings like I had none, and she ripped them away. It's like, every guy has, I think, been in that situation, you know, where you're some, just, like, ripped. It's like, oh, this pain, this rip, and in there. You've and I've been ripped it, apart uh, several uh, times. But I think most most of, like, the college, the young college kid, yeah. when I listened to this, that that's what I heard. You know what I mean? And that's what kind of resonated throughout. That's the reason why it was so popular. She doesn't like me. But you've been in that moment where it's just like you have you're in love with somebody or whatever, and it's just that rip, that breakup, that whatever that just totally destroys you. Tear and, the band-aid off. And but I've found over time that guys get attached almost more than women. And then when that band-aid is ripped off, if you if you want to go in that way, that that it lingers more actually with a guy. And it's just the weirdest thing. Like guys get over like if you punch me in the face. Yeah. 
two hours later, we can have a beer and we, we can think about it. We had an argument. Arguments for sure. Guys get over quicker. Women linger. Yes. <laughs> for <Yep>. years. <laughs> you got that right. Yes. <laughs> so what do you mean? Well, that was three years ago, hon. What I are know. you talking about? That's ammo. <laughs> That's what that is. Okay. I think we're matching. My number one. Here we go. Let's see if we match. Because three, you did three and two, and I'm doing two, which is she hates me. And my number one is off of the album Famous. Okay, we're not matching. <laughs> really? It's Psycho. I love, I, I love this tune, man. And once again, a lot of this is what you're listening to now as opposed to what you were listening to if you were new to the band. Psycho for me is... Really? Simpleness of the chord changes in the outro. Starting with the chorus is stripped down and it sets the stage for the whole song. The verse is solid and the chorus hits hard in a good way. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one that I'm that, that guy. I don't know. You know, maybe it is me. Maybe this whole world is screwing up and I'm complaining about everything like we talked about before, how people complain and maybe I'm the one who's the psycho. And like Wes, one of the things he recently got arrested, <laughs> this is one of the ones that kind of pushes him at that psycho point. Yeah. He rigged his car up in front of his <laughs> apartment to look like it was a bomb. <laughs> so nobody would mess with it. And literally, the bomb squad had to come out. They had to evacuate buildings around it. And he's <laughs> because, watching from his bedroom window. Be, because it looks like a real bomb oh. that he put to deter people from bothering him and going near it. It's like, oh my gosh, there's a bomb in that car. I'm not going to go near it. You know, I don't want to mess with this car. I don't want to mess with this stuff. But he went over the top. And Wes, was, uh, Wes, Wes. Look, Wes has been through a lot, but here's the good news. Apparently, the last, what, 18 months, Rob? He's been he's, cl- he's cleaned himself up. I, I read a, a an article about you know just him getting clean. I love the fact that in in a two minute interview he thanked God twice for keeping him alive. This is an interview, a uh, rock feed, a oh, rock feed, uh, rock okay. feed on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. If you ever want to pay attention to what's happening in rock and roll, and yeah. I, I subscribe to it, I sub- suggest you do too. He did an interview with Wes Scanlon about two weeks ago. Yeah. Three weeks ago, and he asked him about. What you would do, and here, let me put, I'll put the whole thing on here, and and we'll see. Hold on a sec. What would you say to any artists out there, of which there are many, who have struggled or are struggling with addiction, of what worked for you personally? Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, getting a Bible-based church, um, you know, just um, call on God and ask God, thank, thank God for everything that he's ever done for you and call upon him to help you and guide your feet and your, and your mind and everything in your soul in the right direction. Um, I, I stressfully am trying to tell people to keep God first place and, um, he's there for you. He will always be there for you. He's been there for me and I know he's real and, um, I don't want to start crying, but he saved—he saved my life, man, for real. I didn't realize that that, that he had been—he's a Christian now. I had no idea, but it was—it was just interesting to hear his take on that. And it's good advice to anybody who's, you know, struggling with addiction. And uh, he uh, evidently went through that process, and uh, Christianity helped him. And uh, he realized that that was truth, and, and he loved it. Anyway, this is not my soapbox, but that was just more let, something. Let me jump on real quick to the yeah. soapbox. But when, when you're in the environment that a rock and roll star is and you're dealing with addictions like he has, mm-hmm. 
I don't know how you make it out of those addictions and you stay in the rock and roll world without having God there. Sure. So. Absolutely. Funny. You see like, uh, Alice Cooper, you see, uh, uh, Dave Mustaine, you yeah. see people who you wouldn't yeah. think have, uh, are Christian, but they are, it's, there's something to look at there. That's all. Uh, the video for this one is kind of cool. All the horror movies they kind of go through on here. They actually filmed it on the physical set for Psycho. Really? Yeah. Very so, cool. Okay. So they were actually in the building on the lot at Universal Studios. Yeah. Filming it from the inside. And so if you see those, you know, what looks like cross beams, that's because they're physically in the same yeah, building. Nice. And when they go into the room with when Wes is dressed like the grandmother, that's actually the room in the thing it's kind of fun and all that so my number one i just love it uh psycho off of famous album is my number one so let's listen to okay that's my number one uh Schizophrenic Psycho. I'm sorry. Psycho, it's a great song. Uh, it is a good jam. And my guess, and this is my guess for your number one. Yeah, okay? go for it. You, you uh, guessed it, my it, song of note. Yeah, here's here's my guess for your number one, and this is my number 13. Really? Right. This is my number 13. This is the one that just slowly dripped. Let's just say it drifted off my Ah, oh, you dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty and, and, dog. and it died. It didn't, it didn't quite make it. Drift and die, is that baby. Right? Yes. Yeah. So drift and die is obviously from their Come Clean album. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of the first songs that they recorded together. It's on an EP all the way back to 1994 called Stuck. Okay. So Puddle of Mud won a local Battle of the Bands competition, which allowed them to record the Stuck EP, and Drift and Die was was kind of the hit off of that. So, very cool song. It's a, a song about gossip and rumors, and the people that start them. Lies are pushing Wes away, destroying Wes's life, and he's telling them to leave him alone and go away. I feel like this is one of the more mature songs, lyrically and songwriting, that that puddle does especially when you compare it to your favorite uh-oh spaceship yeah, yeah. and psycho um, no, I got it. opening up with the acoustic is excellent um the acoustic is kind of throughout the song and then towards the end of it it uh picks up into a heavier rock song but yeah great speaking, great song speaking but... of the adult sort of the, the vibe to it <laughs> do you know where uh well, oh, you're going to of... throw you're going to throw a lyric at me aren't no, you do you know where puddle of mud first no, as I said, I, this isn't my 13. This was okay. really close to making my list. This is, I like the song. No more beating each uh, other up. No, this then. isn't beating up on this one. This is a good song, and I can see how this could be your number one. Okay. That said, you know where the band first played together? As we're starting to talk about this sort of thing. We're talking about the first songs they played, the first. But as the reformed, when they moved to L.A., Okay, this is like the okay, new so one. Okay, so after... This is after Abrasive and after what was the first album was Stuck, right? Yeah. They did the Stuck EP and then they did Abrasive in 97. Yeah. Before, like right, right around Come Clean, the first gig as a formed band in LA, you know what they did? No. And you know how they were paid. The f- band first played together at a vivid video porn party. <laughs> <laughs> they were paid with DVDs and tapes. <laughs> you know... Well, there's the other story about Wes. Like, right before he got discovered, 
right right yeah. before Limp Bizkit discovered him, you know, he was heading down, I think you said Florida, yeah. and he was managing his girlfriend's career who happened to be a stripper so oh, okay that makes that know, makes it's, total it's, sense it's in wes's world and then he moves up to rachel hunter what 12 18 months later uh, yeah i know it's uh <laughs> yeah that was yeah they were the first band side to limp biscuits label yeah but flawless right? yeah the them and and stained i mean yeah. you know limp biscuit kind of controlled the uh the industry in the early 2000s as far as the, the post grunge so I'll give him a little credit there. But yeah, this is just a great song. Uh, once again, the acoustics on it, opening up, a little mellow, and then it just builds up like a typical Puddle of Mud song and just a, a great rock and roll tune throughout. So let's listen. You Drift and Die, which is a good tune. Rouse number one, which is, rock actually, it. Which is actually uh, a good number one. If you look at the rest of Ralph's ridiculous picks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you brought me here. <laughs> Okay, that's Ralph's number one, Drift and Die, off of Come Clean. So, we've made it. We so, did it. So, what do you think? It's good? Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it? Good. Thanks for having me over here, Rob. Oh, yeah, no no worries. Uh, what do you think of the beer, now that we've finished at least two or three I of have them? no problem. You know, look, Budweiser is definitely not anywhere near my go-to, but th- this has got some good taste to it. I, I like lighter beers, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, so... I have no problem with the Copper Lager Budweiser. It has a little bit more richness than regular Budweiser. Seems. Oh, yeah. It, it gives me that, like you've mentioned before, aftertaste. It's really thin. This isn't thin. This has some meat to it. Yeah. But it still has that sheen of a, a Budweiser, but it has that a little more depth. It's a little bit redder. It tastes better. As I said, it's an entry level. If you're thinking about craft brews, you've never been a craft brew person, this is a good one to start with to try and push you in that direction to try and push your palate and try and uh, understand there's different nuances that you can grab from beer. I'm I'm glad you brought this because I was going to show up with a uh, um, six-pack can of straight old Budweiser for St. Louis. So this is much better. <laughs> there you go. We're going to go and uh, come up with our official Dirty Dozen. We're going to do that in five, four, three. Should I wait, 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 two... And one. Here we go. Uh, Here's our official Dirty Dozen. We're going to start at number 12. This is for Puddle of Mud. Number 12 is Abrasive. Number 11 is Think. Number 10 is Stoned. Number 9 is Bottom. Number 8 is Famous. Number 7 is Control. Number 6 is Nobody Told Me. Number 5 is Blurry. Number 4 is Cloud Nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Number three is She Hates Me. Number two is Psycho. Boo. And the number one song by Puddle of Mud somehow is Drift and Die. <laughs> All right. And the crowd goes wild. So it was a it was a it was a fun journey. And uh check out there's a bunch of really cool videos that I'm gonna post on online. So check that out on dirtydozenpodcast.com. And if you haven't checked that out, there's a really lot of cool stuff on there that you can like dig into and uh, the notes and the videos and some weird stuff on YouTube that you may never, ever find 
if you were left to your own devices. So check it out for Puddle of Mud, but for any of our stuff, check it out on there. Thank you so much for being a part of this. We're trying to build a community here. I love for you to be a part of that community. I love everybody who's been really reaching out to us and asking to put Puddle of Mud on here. Please reach out to us. Let us know about a beer you like. Let us know about anything for the We'll Try It podcast that Jake and I do. If there's a weird drink that you'd like us to try or something disgusting you think that would be worse than uh, cottage cheese. Oh, the cottage cheese. Uh, so glad that wasn't here when I showed up. Let, let us know. So thank you again. And Ralph, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rob. And we were, I was giving you a little uh, little grief, but it's because our lists are so, so different and it's coming from a different point of view. It's all good. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And I will see you in two weeks. God bless.